0: There are some rumors swirling around on the basketball recruiting trail, and we're going to talk about them on today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Today's episode going to be talking about a little more Kentucky basketball recruiting. Then we're also going to get dive into some more uh, Kentucky, I, I, Kentucky in the now, I guess. Going to talk about some more practice stuff that's been going on, some of their non-conference schedules starting to kind of be put together. A lot of interesting stuff going on in the Kentucky basketball world. But I'll just go ahead and say off the top here, there are a lot of folks that have reached out to me and said, I would like for you to talk more about Kentucky football. Have no fear. Next week, I'm going to be at SEC Media Day starting Monday. We're going to be talking a ton of Wildcats football, so make sure that you stay tuned for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to it. But today, though, rumors swirl. And I need to rescind a statement that I made on yesterday's show about Aaron Bradshaw and DJ Wagner. If you did not listen to yesterday's show, I would encourage you go to go check it out. Talking a lot of Kentucky basketball recruiting. But... I said on yesterday's show, Aaron Bradshaw, five star center, DJ Wagner, five star combo guard. They are currently high school teammates. And I said, from what I've seen, they have said that they want to go to different schools. That is not a fact, that is a rumor. It has allegedly been said that they want to go to different schools, or at the very least, Bradshaw doesn't necessarily want to be a package deal with Wagner. He wants to go somewhere where he's appreciated and he's being recruited for his talents alone. Or not. I guess not necessarily alone, but he won't, He wants to be recruited by somebody that wants to recruit him, uh, I guess is what I'm trying to say. The, the The rumor that they want to go to different schools has not been confirmed by anyone. But there, it's definitely been a topic of conversation. I believe KSR has talked about it a little bit. It's not like it's just something that should be dismissed. People are discussing, oh, that's a possibility. People have heard some things, but it's not been definitively confirmed. I wanted to get that out of the way quick. Before I want I talk about DJ Wagner, because we talked a little bit on yesterday's show about him, I kind of want to dive into him more as a prospect. Because as the days go on, it looks more and more likely that Kentucky has a legitimate shot to pick up this kid. So, DJ Wagner, we talked about him again a little bit on yesterday's show, just to kind of give you a brief recap of what we discussed. Five star combo guard, six foot three, 165 pounds. He is the number one player in the country. Number one combo guard, number one player in the country. Right now, looks like a Kentucky Louisville battle for this kid uh, out of Camden, New Jersey. Camden High School played uh, with, uh, with Lance Ware, believe it or not, uh, at Camden High School. So this is a kid that, that is really, really exciting to watch. You look at 24-7 sports analysis of this kid, and I'll just go ahead and read it, and then I'll give my thoughts after watching some film on Wagner. Began his career as the top-ranked player in the class of 2023, and again, this is 24-7 sports talking. And he comes from a family with a strong basketball bloodline at his core. He's a combo guard who specializes in filling it up. Though not an overwhelming athlete, Wagner is very skilled and quite clever in his scoring. He gets to the rim, has an array of floaters, pull-up jumpers, and can fire away from deep. That is what 24-7 Sports says. And my analysis is fairly similar. My, the first thing that I noted watching this kid is, you know, how we've talked about Robert Dillingham being very crafty. We've talked about other guys like Chris Livingston being very, being very physical, very explosive, some other guys we guys we've discussed on the show. This kid plays light. He's six foot three hundred ninety five pounds. He's not bouncy like not like has has insane like like twenty four seven sports mentioned not insane athleticism. But he plays white light. He doesn't carry a lot of force or weight in his offensive moves. He doesn't push into anything aggressively, and even when he's attacking the rim. Very light, very bouncy kid, but not in the way that that you would think like he's going to get up and be dunking all game. Now, he just plays very, very light, and you would obviously like to assume that considering the kid's 165 pounds. His jump shot, I saw a ton of different looks from his, uh, from his jump shot, whether it be from the quarter, straight on, from the wing. His jump shot can be a little awkward at times because his base is not the most consistent. He's one of those players that likes to kind of bend his knees in and shift his his weight onto one hip. Whenever he goes up, whereas I think that you would typically like to coach kids to 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 obviously you want to be able to you don't want to be shooting flat footed directly looking at the basket. Obviously, you want to have a little bend and how you do stuff. And every everybody shoots a little differently. So maybe this is just me getting a little too much into critiquing him. But it's not like your standard Tyler Hero jumper, right? It's not it's not like it's not like you're straight up, straight down. He he can kind of bend his knees a little bit. We've seen this with several other players. Uh, the, the, that have come through the college game and have come into the NBA and worked just fine. I will say, though, outside of his base, his form is completely fine. So it, it's not like a huge thing. That's just my That was my one knock on his game it, is he plays well within what he does and he, what he does, he does very well. But his base is inconsistent uh, when it comes to a three, his three-point shot. And we're going to talk about the stats here in a little bit. I, I believe that, 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 that the, the numbers reflect that. But the shooting is not necessarily even what's my, what my concern is, or excuse me, not what my concern, not what I'm drawn to. It's not what he's known for. It's not what intrigues me. It's his offense, I believe, in the mid range and in the paint. And some Kentucky fans may out there may say, oh boy, another guard that can't shoot. No, I'm not saying that he can't shoot. I'm just saying that I really like what he does whenever he goes to attack the rim. Got really, really solid offensive game inside the arc. Again, like I mentioned, like 24-7 sports notes. A lot of different floaters, very, very nice touch. Again, like I mentioned, he plays light. Not particularly explosive, not particularly fast, not particularly athletic, but he's got a really, really nice offensive game. Just smooth, silky smooth, just kind of getting to his spot and making his shot. And that's what 24-7 Sports notes as well. He's quite clever in his scoring. Now, he's listed as a combo guard, right? He's listed as a combo guard, so that means he could potentially play at point for the Wildcats. After looking at some of his film, and I think uh, there will be other people out there that agree with me, this is not a revelation here. I think that he would play off the ball mostly for the Wildcats if he were to commit or wherever he goes. Uh, if he does choose to go to Louisville, uh, from what I can tell, he 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 will play. He would play off the ball, even though it, it, it does seem that he's capable of handling and distributing the basketball. I would play him, if it were me coaching, I would play him solely at the two- and if I were Kentucky, I would let him play off of Robert Dillingham, who is who is a very excellent scorer, can create an isolation of himself. And Dillingham more more of a more of a point guard in my mind, so I would like to put the six foot three shooting guard kind of off of him. And it's obviously not a two man game, but what I'm saying is like you could definitely run some sets where you work two of those guys and, and let them be the focal point, let them run and get their shot. Um, which quite honestly sounds really, really nice considering what has happened over the last couple of seasons and what may happen this year. Kentucky doesn't have a one or a two right now that can really create, like Robert Dillingham or like this kid, DJ Wagner can. So, I mean, this this looks like a really, really solid potential get for the Wildcats. Obviously a really, really high target for them. And I'll take a look at the numbers and I kind of want to explain why I want I'm diving into this kid today. So his, he played at Camden High, stats there last season, 19.6 points per game, he averaged three and a half assists per game, four and a half rebounds per game, three steals per game. And I think the most interesting thing you have to note here, he was the New Jersey player of the year in back-to-back years. So the New Jersey Gatorade player of the year, back-to-back years, I believe his junior year, no, excuse me, his sophomore year It would be, he averaged like 22 points a game. So he was a really good scorer. But the thing that intrigued me, I was just trying to find numbers on this kid. So he played in the 2021 Nike EYBL uh, circuit. He played in the circuit, played 12 games. And he averaged almost 17 points a game, 16.8 to be exact. But it was the shooting performances that he had against some legitimate competition, legitimate high school competition, concerns me a little bit. But not to the point where it's just like, oh, I'm out on this kid. Oh, I don't think he can't shoot. I don't think he could play. No, he still averaged almost 17 a game. But he shot 38.6% from the floor in those 12 games with EYBL circuit. And he shot 26.1% from three. Now, he did shoot 79% from the foul line, which is really, really nice to see. But 26 from three and 38 from the floor is not something you want to see out of a volume guy. It looks like he's a volume guy to put up a lot of shots in those 12 games. Clearly, because he has shot 38% and still averaged almost 17. But point being, is, while he may not be the most efficient player, at least he wasn't in the EYBL his film and his, his just his game, his numbers elsewhere, everything about him indicates that this would be a really, really solid pickup for the Wildcats who'd need help at the two moving forward. And we've talked about it a lot on this show. We talked about it right after Kentucky season ended. We said, what does Kentucky need? They need a kid that can create and a kid that can knock down shots that is not playing the four or the five. And... I love Severe Wheeler. I'm really excited to see what he does this season. I believe his shot's going to improve. I believe he's going to improve as a player. Really good at what he does. But there have been some fans out there that have complained. I don't even want to use the word complain. Just voiced their opinion on Kentucky's decision to run with a, a backcourt that is not particularly lengthy or can shoot the basketball well. I'm excited to see what Antonio Reeves does for the Wildcats this season to see if they can maybe change some of that. But the, the way that they're looking on the recruiting trail right now, really, really exciting with some of these guys. And I'll, I'll just go ahead and point out here why I wanted to bring this up. So again, like I mentioned, the rumors out there are that Aaron Bradshaw and DJ Wagner don't want to play with each other, right? So if those rumors are true... You have to start to evaluate both of these kids, and like I said on yesterday's show, you don't necessarily have to choose right now, if you're, if you're a Kentucky fan, which one of these guys do I want, which one am I going to rock with, but you also kind of have to do that if, if you're going to take what, what's being said at face value, because you look at Aaron Bradshaw right now, none of this has been confirmed. This is just simply what I've read and probably what, probably what you have read as well. It looks like he's trying to hold out for a G League offer, an NBA G League offer. Now, I don't know if that's true. Makes sense if he's doing that. But if Bradshaw holds out, we, we've kind of voiced concerns about, okay, what's Kentucky going to do at the center position? What, they, what are they going to do at the five? Are they going to get a recruit? Are they going to get a transfer? Well, five-star center, we haven't even mentioned him on the show yet because there hasn't been a ton of steam. He's a prospect, but there not have been a ton of steam surrounding him with the Wildcats. Uganda Kinsley, Uganda Kinsley. Five star center, six foot 11 kid is scheduling a visit with the Kentucky Wildcats for July 20th. So just five days from now. That was first reported by Andrew Slater on Twitter. So if the rumors surrounding Wagner and Bradshaw, I keep saying Wagner and Wagner, Wagner and Wagner. Ugh, I'm thinking too much about the, the former Michigan kids. Anyway, if the rumors are true about these two players and Kingsley is the backup option. I think that everything just kind of looks like it's going to fall into place. It's just a matter of time. We see Bradshaw go elsewhere. We see him maybe go to another college, or we see him move to the G League. Kentucky goes after Kingsley after setting up a visit with him. They get the five-star center. They get the Wei replacement. They like their depth there with some of these guys behind him. May even pick up a transfer, depending on what Damian Collins does this season after this season, whether or not he declares. You may want to pick up a transfer next offseason is what I'm saying. And you really, really like what you're getting potentially in DJ Wagner if he were to come to the Wildcats, which, again, not all. It's not, I'm not saying all signs are pointing to he's going to be a Wildcat. Let's just go ahead and wait and wait it out. He's going to be a Wildcat definitively. I'm not sitting here and saying that. I'm just saying that as the days go on, it looks more and more likely that he's going to be a Wildcat. We talked about it on yesterday's show. The most recent crystal balls for this kid have all... Well, yeah, the, the two most recent crystal balls for this kid have been uh, for in, in favor of Kentucky on 24-7 Sports. So that's what I wanted to talk about to begin the show. DJ Wagner potentially committing to the Wildcats or Louisville at some point down the road. Uh, and I'm really, really excited to see what this kid... Uh, could do for the Wildcats because I think he would be a really, really nice pairing in next year's backcourt. Huge Kentucky prospect. Rumors surrounding DJ Wagner and Aaron Bradshaw. All right. We talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show. Oscar Sheebway shooting threes for the Wildcats. Is Kentucky finally modernizing their offense? Going to briefly touch on it here in just a second. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Online. .net. They are your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info, and you can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. The playoffs for the NHL are over, but I'm sure that you can find some futures for next year's NHL uh, NHL playoffs. You can also, I'm sure, find futures for not just the potential champion for the NHL, but also MLB. I don't know if you've noticed, if you're watching on YouTube there is a new addition to the studio. That is a Tyler Motzik Atlanta Braves bobblehead back there. And uh, I actually got to go to a Braves game the other day and uh, Motzik actually picked up the win. It was pretty, pretty sweet. But BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. You could probably lay down some live bets on the Braves. I know that there are some Reds fans that listen to this uh, podcast as well. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of those things, and you can head to the website dot, er, today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That is BetOnline.net. It is where the game starts. All right, moving along here on the Friday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Daw here with you. Are the Wildcats finally modernizing their offense? It's been a complaint. There are some folks out there that have been very vocal on social media with their opinion about Kentucky's offense. I personally was pleased with the efficiency in which it ran last season up until the final 10 or 15 games or so. And, and 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 to be fair, I have criticized some of the sets and some of the ways that Cal likes to do things. But if it produces results, it produces results. I just think that there are some things that they have to change on the recruiting trail with the personnel that they're recruiting. And I think they're getting back to what they want to get back to just based on what they're doing on the recruiting trail right now. Some phenomenal things and I think they're going after the, the type of player that they want. But anyway... Before I get into some comments that you guys on YouTube made, I actually wanted to point out another YouTube comment. Christian Clark, if you're watching this, appreciate you. Uh, they left a comment the other day. It said, someone asked me if I could have a million dollars but never get to listen to Locked On again. Or, yeah, if I if I could have a million dollars but never get to listen to Locked On again, or I could stay poor but listen to Locked On every day, which option would I choose? And... uh <laughs> I really appreciate that comment. They also said, listening while eating my ramen, great show yet again. Uh, I would probably, you know, honestly, a million dollars is a lot, Christian. Uh, So, you know, if you love the podcast, man, really appreciate you supporting it. But, man, that's a million dollars, bro. I would probably, in the words of, you know, the great Sawyer Hodge McGonagall, chase a bag. Anyway. Great show yet again. Appreciate that, Christian. So a couple other people left some YouTube comments. I'm just going to go through them here. Preston Chango. So we were talking about Oscar Sheebway and his three-point shooting, right? We were talking about that being a benefit for this Kentucky offense. Well, some of you in the comments pushed back a little bit. Preston Chango said, it might be okay for a late shot clock shot, but the best rebounder in the country should probably be under the basket. And I agree with you, Preston. I think that more often than not, he should be under the basketball. But I want to go back to what Shibway said, actually said on Tuesday. He said that he's not going to be ripping threes, uh, four or five of them every game. He said he doesn't need that. He said he maybe needs one, maybe needs two. And if they aren't working out for him, then he's going to stop shooting. And I don't think that he is just going to willy-nilly, call for the ball, hold up one finger, say we're isoing, and then he's just going to pull one from from uh, from the logo. I'm kidding, obviously. I, I don't think that Kentucky's going to give him touches outside the arc without deliberately planning a set to kind of see if it works. I think that's what they're going to do in the non-conference slate, which we'll talk about the non-con slate uh, in just a little bit. But I think they're going to run sets to see if they can get him looks, get him comfortable with the shot, see if he can make it maybe 28, 29, 30% of the time and then reevaluate things whenever, you know, the the schedule gets more difficult. So I agree with you Preston, I think he's going to 95% of the time be under the basket getting rebounds and getting putbacks and different things like that. But Kentucky is still going to try this out and it's not one of those where it's going to hurt the Wildcats if they just try just a little bit. And again, she voiced uh, his excitement about it. It's like, I'm really excited about adding this to my game, but we're not going to be just throwing up a bunch of threes. And then downwinder said on YouTube, this might help his NBA value, but I'm not sure it helps the team. And you're right downwinder moving the best rebounder away from the hoop is not great. Who is left to rebound? And that's a really good point. Who is left to rebound? well, you look at Lance Ware, you look at Damian Collins, you think about, okay, how is Kentucky's rotation going to look now that Oscar Sheebway is back? Are they going to start maybe playing some guys uh, at the four outside of Jacob Toppin to maybe make this lineup a little larger at times? Maybe help get some rebounds. And I definitely think that that's po- a possibility. You could see, you could potentially see Damian Collins at the four, Sheebway at the five uh, for an extended period of time. Uh, during games this season, we got to see it sparingly last year. Uh, this is something that I, I believe we've actually talked about on the podcast before, talking about Damian Collins and Shiboy on the court at the same time. Somebody asked me about that dynamic. But yeah, I, I think that Kentucky's got options to rebound the basketball. And if they want to move Shibway away from the basket, they've got six foot nine guys that can go out there and grab a rebound. And again, a downwinder and I'm not I'm not trying to criticize uh, criticize either of these comments here I just it's not going to be to the frequency the three-point shot that Sheway is going to take is not going to be to the frequency that fans or media members alike should be concerned if they say that that they're, they're going to take one or two a game and that's it and if it doesn't work they're going to stop doing it I take that at face value I trust that and I say you know what rock on It's experimenting. It's trying to get this kid a little bit better. Trying to make the offense a little bit more dynamic, which is the point I want to make here. Kentucky's offense. A lot of people have complained about the sets and about the things that they run and about how they go about things. Running weave, running isolation stuff with kids that can't shoot. It's been it's been a frustration uh, among some people on the interwebs. I personally, again, I like the efficiency from last year, but there are some things that that could be corrected that could make the offense borderline perfect. And experimenting with your center, who has already proven that he can expand his jump shot, and seeing if he can expand it just a few more feet, working on that, and just using it sparingly, I think is a great idea. And it shows creativity, and it shows progression. And everybody wants to complain. Not everybody. I won't. I won't label everybody listening here. There are some folks out there that want to complain that say John Cal- uh, John Calipari can't adapt. And there are some aspects of the game that he has been unwilling to move on. You are right. But this shows the willingness to adapt. We've talked about it before on the podcast. What does the NBA like? What does college basketball like right now? Versatility. They like kids one through five that can line it up and shoot it and handle basketball. And the fact that Kentucky's finally starting to move that direction, it seems like they're finally starting to say, okay, let's try that out a little bit. Maybe this 4-in... Uh, or excuse me, four-out, one-in, this five-out stuff, maybe it's worth actually trying a little bit. See if we can get some creativity going in this offense. Everybody, not everybody again. There are folks out there that want to complain saying, well, he's not going to adapt, but the moment that he changes something, like that's not good. You, you, you've got to pick a middle ground here, and I'm not saying that these two commenters were saying it. I'm not saying that, that there, anybody that watches this show has been aggressively saying it. I'm saying I've just seen it out there. You have to be able to at least get excited about the change before the change actually does something positive or negatively. As fans, that's our job, right? It's, it's our job to be excited about, oh, my goodness, we're letting Shibwe shoot threes just a little bit. That's great. That's great. Let's see if it works. If it does, man, we've got the National Player of the Year shooting threes now, and he can do all this other stuff. Man, what a fun basketball team this is. This is Awesome. So there are positive ways to spin this. And I'm not saying that Preston or Downwind are saying that it's a terrible thing. But I just want to remind people out there listening. It's not like this is going to become a focal point of the offense. But what it does prove is the ability to change, adapt, and modernize. And I think Kentucky's starting to move that direction. It's going to be really exciting to see what they do early in the season with this stuff. And I want to talk about the non-conference lead, at least the games that have been announced... In just a moment. But before I do that, though, I just want to remind everybody out there, if you're listening on podcast format, please leave a review for the show. I want to know what you think about the show, about the way things are going with the Wildcats. You can hit us on the socials at LockedOnUK on on Twitter. If you want to just give your thoughts on things, you can also, if you're listening on YouTube, subscribe. I want to thank everybody so much. 1,700 subscribers on the YouTube channel. Absolutely phenomenal stuff, and we are just moving along. If we can get to 2K, man, before the, uh, before the season starts, man, that would be that would be absolutely phenomenal. Really, really excited about the rec- direction the podcast is going. Really appreciate you guys all listening. All right, Kentucky's non-conference slate. It's starting to take form. There was a new addition to the non-con slate just a couple of days ago. I believe this was actually two days ago. Per John Rothstein, North Florida will play the Wildcats on November 18th. And I saw that tweet, and I was looking around, and I'm like, I need to go check and make a list of the games that the Wildcats have scheduled because I've not seen anybody kind of put them together and I just kind of want to see the list. And here's what we got. And there's a point I want to make here about the the strength of schedule. So Notre Dame is off the schedule. Initially, the Wildcats were going to play them. They have now decided to push that back. We talked about that a couple months ago. That's a shame. Notre Dame will not be playing the Wildcats. But here is the list officially. Right now, until other teams are at it. Kentucky will play Duquesne. Do not know when that game is going to be played, but Kentucky will play Duquesne. They will play Michigan State in the Champions Classic on November 15th. They will play North Florida on the 18th. They will play the uh, Bellarmine Knights. Bellarmine Knights are an interesting squad. They are a team that does not like to dribble, uh, from what I understand, after watching some film and some Entertaining YouTube videos, Hoop Vision 68 Those who know, know. But the Bellarmine Knights on November 29th. Uh, Kentucky will play Michigan in London on December 4th. That is a really, really fun matchup. I'm looking forward to that one. Kentucky will play UCLA in the CBS Sports Classic December 17th. Man, two weeks separating a trip from London to what I believe is Las Vegas. That's going to be a lot of fun. Then you've got Louisville on December 31st. I am... Very excited about that game. That's a really, really fun New Year's Eve matchup. And then Kentucky will play Kansas in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. That date is to be announced. So you've got Michigan State, Bellarmine, Michigan, UCLA, Louisville, and Kansas. I mean, you look at this non-con slate as opposed to last season's. It's already looking like a more difficult schedule. It's not the toughest, but it's looking more difficult. But more more importantly here... It's not that it, it, it just looks a little bit more difficult, and we can get into why I think difficult non-conference slates are, are very important in college basketball. It's not only more difficult, which is great, but it also looks fun. It looks fun. A game against Michigan State looks entertaining. A game against Michigan and London, that's awesome. CBS Sports Classic, you get to play UCLA, that's great. That's a rivalry. Speaking of rivalries, how about rekindling the one against Louisville after not getting to play last year? That's a New Year's Eve game, That's awesome. Kansas, again, you get to bring them back to Rupp after beating the snot out of them in the fog last year. It's a great non-conference slate so far. Cannot wait to see some of the, the smaller schools that they add. I would love to see them get some NCAA tournament teams from last year that are smaller schools. Would love to see them add some more difficult teams. They could get St. Peter's. That would be great. I asked on Twitter if you guys were interested in like any other non-conference matchups. One of you said Texas Tech. One of you said Marshall would be really, really fun. I'd love to see Kentucky play Marshall. Texas Tech is a really interesting matchup. Uh, I don't know if that would happen this season, but it would. Be, I would be all for it, one hundred percent. But yeah, it's more difficult. It's fun. It's exciting. There's there's so much to to be excited about right now about this college basketball. Season upcoming, and there's a lot to be excited about with this team and with some of these individual players. Really looking forward to getting to cover it all with you guys. And, hey, before we get to college basketball, you got to go through a lot of college football. And we're going to be talking at SEC Media Days all week, uh, this, uh, this upcoming week starting Monday. Really excited about that. If you want to follow along, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnUK. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Lance Daw. Underscore, And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Really appreciate you guys listening again. SEC Media Days all next week. Probably going to ask you guys to give me some questions to hopefully ask some players, some media members. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.